You are listening to the Restoration LA podcast. For more, visit us at restorationla.org. Hey, we are going to kick off a, a three-week mini-series um, on, on Advent, and we um, definitely are excited to do so. The, the sermon series we, we are calling Glory to the Newborn King. And I think as uh, all the songs that were chosen today were, were fitting and and directing us to look at King Jesus. And so I want to uh, probably dive right into this right after we pray. Is that cool? Yeah. King Jesus, we are so thankful to be gathered in, in this room on this day. I, I believe in ordained moments. And I know we gather here every Sunday, but I do believe that every person that is in this room was ordained to hear this message. And as we dive into your word and as we dive into um, your, your lordship, who you are as king, Lord, I pray that we not only uh, have a, um, a, a deeper revelation, God, but I pray for an outer working of the things that are revealed to us this morning. Every person, every man, every woman in this place, God, an outer working of the revelation of Jesus Christ in their lives. In Jesus' name we pray, amen, amen. Um, how many of you know the, the Christmas song, Hark the Herald Angels Sing? Uh, it's probably like if you had a, like a, a, a tier of like, you know, favorite Christmas songs, I mean, we could be one of your favorites, uh, but I, I, it's not like one of the most popular, you know, joy to the world is obviously, uh, one of those, Oh, Holy night away in a manger, but hark the herald angels sing. It's kind of those, that old English that probably, you know, uh, makes it feel Christmassy, but uh, that word hark, it's not a word that we use. Uh, it, it, it means to listen, but it's, it's, it's kind of strange because it's to listen with a gaze that amazing when you say hark, it's kind of like you're listening, but with a gaze. Um, and then this is Harold, a, a Harold, it's not, not the name Harold. And maybe some of you might know some Harold's. That's not a name normal, uh, probably in today's times. Uh, but Herald is in an official messenger bringing news. So it's Hark the Herald. The, the, the original hymn was written um, as the hymn for Christmas Day. Uh, so th there's been an evolution of this hymn that we sing today. This was by Charles Wesley, and uh, it was included in the 1739 John Wesley collection of hymns and sacred poems. This song and, and, and the first stanza describes the announcement of Jesus's birth. Wesley's original hymn began with the opening line, hark how all the welkin rings. So you can see how the, the hymn is changed. So this was changed to familiar uh, to the familiar hark. The herald angels sing. And this was by George Whitfield in 1754's collection of hymns for social worship. Uh, a second change was made in 1782, the, the publication of Tate and Brady's new version of the Psalms 
for David. And in this work, uh, Whitfield's adaptation of Wesley's first hymn appears, and then we see the repetition of Hark the Herald Angels Sing, and then Glory to the Newborn King. And so there is this, this pointing uh, of listen. The heralds, the angels who are, are heralds for this king has to or be born. This is what we want you to hear and set your gaze upon because there is glory being given to this newborn king. Um, this, the, the subject of this hymn was, was taken from Luke chapter 2. Um, Luke chapter 2, verses uh, uh, 1 through 21, we are going to read together, if that is okay with you. If that's okay, say amen. Amen. So it reads like this in Luke chapter 2. And in those days, a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be registered. This was the first registration when Quirinius was a governor of Syria. And all went to be registered, each to his own town. And Joseph also went up from Galilee, from the town of Nazareth to Judea, to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem. Because he was of the house and lineage of David. To be registered with Mary, his betrothed, who was with child. And while they were there... The time came for her to give birth, and she gave birth to her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling cloth and laid him in a manger because there was no place for him in the end. How many of you know this, uh, this story? It's an amazing story. King Jesus coming to the earth. Uh, verse 8 is, is where this, this uh, hymn comes from, the, her the herald angels sing. And in the same region, there were shepherds out in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them. And listen to this. And the glory of the Lord shone around them. And they were filled with great fear, because this is what happens when the glory of God comes. When you experience the glory of God, there is no, there's this holy fear that comes upon you. We see this with, with, with Moses. We see this with, with Isaiah. Uh, we see this with John uh, in the revelation of Christ. When, when God reveals himself, there is this holy fear that comes upon you. And so this is what happens with the shepherds as, as the glory of the Lord is coming through, through these, these heralds, these angels that come. And the angel said to them, fear not, for behold, I love that word, behold. We, we sang that this morning, behold, behold, I bring good news. Can you say good news? I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. Can you say all the people? All the people for unto you, for unto you is born this day in the city of David, a savior, a savior who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling cloths and lying in a manger. And then verse 13, it seems like the heavens open and it says, and suddenly there was with the angel, a multitude of heavenly hosts praising God and saying glory to God in the highest and on earth peace among those with whom he is pleased. And this powerful. 
This, this powerful announcement, this declaration that Jesus Christ is coming to you. And so, so we see the, the angels heralding that Christ is coming. They are giving this good news to, to these lowly shepherds. And so these shepherds are receiving this, this, this powerful declaration and announcement from heaven. Glory to God in the highest and on earth peace amongst those whom he has pleased. And when the angels went away from them into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, let us go over to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has made known to us. I, I love this because we, we see this often throughout scripture. When, when, when something is revealed from God in heaven, attention is drawn and man can't help but go see. Right. We see this in the life and the ministry of Jesus. When when something Jesus did that was miraculous, where heaven was breaking in on earth, when someone was being healed, when someone was being delivered, when something miraculous was happening on the earth, people would come and gather to see what God is doing, because it was a revelation. Right. God revealing a bit of heaven here on earth. And this is what was happening on the announcement of Jesus's birth. Verse 15, uh, when the angels went away from them into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, let us go over to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has made known to us. And they went in haste and found Mary and Joseph and the baby lying in a manger. And when they saw it, listen to this, they made known. When they saw it, they made known the saying that had been told to them concerning this child. So these, these shepherds who had heard the heralding of the angels now were becoming an echo for that same heralding. They were now making known those things that had been revealed to them. Isn't that powerful? And all who heard, can you say all who heard? All who heard it wondered at what the shepherds told them. And it wasn't wondered. It, it, it's kind of like this awe, awe and wonder. Like they were in awe of what the shepherds were saying to them. Verse 19 says, but Mary treasured up all these things, pondering them in her heart. Uh, if you go back in uh, earlier readings in Luke and, and in Matthew, you see that these things had already been revealed to Mary. The angel of the Lord had already appealed to Mary and already prophesied over her life that she would be giving birth to the Messiah. And so when all of these things start lining up, Mary just began to, to treasure them in her heart. And at the end of the eight days when he was circumcised, he was called Jesus, the name given by the angel before he was conceived in the womb. Uh, I want to bring attention to, to this this morning. The shepherds, and it says this about them, that they made known the saying that had been told to them concerning the child. They made known the message that had been given to them. And we um, see that in the verses above. The angels had said this, fear not. For behold, I bring to you good news. Again, can you say good news? This good news that is being given from heaven to the earth that Jesus is coming. This is the same good news now that these shepherds are holding. This is the same message, the same declaration that, that these shepherds are now carrying. The good news of great joy that will be for all people. And here, here it is. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior. A Savior who is Christ the Lord. 
And that word Christ is the anointed one. He who had been prophesied about. He, the one that we have been waiting for. He is here. Verse 12, and this will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling cloths and lying in a manger's. These shepherds now had become the heralds. First, these angels became the heralds of heaven. And now these shepherds became the heralds of the message, the good news that they had received. And then somehow, for approximately 30 years after this heralding of the shepherds, silence. No heralding, no whisper, not even an echo. Have, have you ever wondered why? I mean, we see in Matthew chapter 1 and 2, right, right, the, um, the, the, the speaking of Jesus' coming, Jesus' birth. And then from Matthew 1 and 2, it jumps to Matthew 3, and it's nearly 30 years later. There's this, there's this big gap between Jesus' birth and then Jesus' life and ministry. And then in Luke, Luke, Luke 1 and 2, it does the same thing. We, we do get a small highlight of Jesus at 12 years old. Um, but then in Luke 3, again, boom, Jesus is now 30 years old. And, and, and I, I really believe that our Heavenly Father had div- divine reasons uh, to allow those in between years to be left in obscurity and not for us you know, beyond our comprehension. Us not, not seeing that or, or even knowing why God knows why. But I do have the question of what, what happened to the heralds? What, what happened to the heralding? What happened to those shepherds who, who had been in the fields, who angels revealed themselves to them and said, behold, right? Gave them this message of the good news. And then I wonder about the message that the, the shepherds took because they went to see Jesus being born and everything that had been, been heralded by the angels was true. And Mary and Joseph were there and Jesus was there and he was lying in, in, in a manger wrapped in cloths. And all who heard the good news were left in wonder and in awe. But I, 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 I had this question. Why 30 years of no heralding? Just a question I have. I think we'll circle back to that question. This announcement from heaven, a Savior is born who is Christ the Lord. How does that announcement just get shelved? Just get, get, get put aside for a moment. And we know the angels went back to heaven. We know that Mary treasured these things in her heart. But I do have a question about the shepherds. <laughs> when you've seen something like that, how do you not share? How many of you have seen something amazing and just like go tell everyone? Right? How many of you like, I mean, you, if you see an accident, like you go and tell everyone like, whoa, you don't believe what just happened. Like, it's just like, it's wild. And you have all these details and all, like you just begin to tell people everything about what you see. But this is just stay there. We're excited about something. We, we become those, those heralds for, for, you know, whatever gossip of the day is. Was, it, was this just gossip? Or was this something that actually branded their lives? They're, they're, one of my um, um, favorite songs 
uh, is Go Tell It on the Mountain. How many of you know that Christmas song? Go tell it on the mountain. So Go Tell It on the Mountain, it, it, it's, an, it's an African-American spiritual song uh, that has become uh, this, this um, um, Christmas uh, um, song of the shepherds. Um, but this thing is, go tell it on the mountain over the hills and everywhere. Go tell it on the mountain that Jesus Christ is born. This message that, that, they, that these shepherds had received, how did it get shelved? How did it just become a passing herald? 30 years of silence since the last herald. And then we see a voice in the wilderness break that silence. This voice in the wilderness that breaks the silence in Matthew chapter 3. A new herald steps on the scene. It says this, in those days, John the Baptist came preaching in the wilderness of Judea. In verse 2, it says this, repent. Can you say repent? Repent, for the kingdom of God is at hand. For this is he who was spoken of by the prophet Isaiah when he said, the voice of one crying in the wilderness, prepare the way for the Lord, make his path straight. And so we know this is John the Baptist. Uh, we call him John the Baptizer. I don't know if he went to the Baptist church, so we'll call him Baptizer. John the Baptizer, and his message was repent, which means turn from your ways. He used word like kingdom, which is the rule of the king. And he says, is that hand, which is eminent, is now is here. If we can paraphrase John the Baptist's uh, message, it was this, turn from your ways and tur turn towards the king who is now here. There was this announcement from, from, from John, a prophet of the Lord, the, according to Jesus, the greatest prophet to see Jesus manifest actually here on earth, to speak of one whom he has seen. And his message is repent. For the kingdom of God is at hand. Listen to this, friends. Glory to the newborn king is shining light on Jesus. Glory to the newborn king is us declaring a new rule and reign. Glory to the newborn king is, is giving allegiance to he who is born of heaven. And this is what John the Baptist was calling the people of the time to do, repent, turn from your ways, and turn towards this new king who is now here. Glory to the newborn king is shining light on Jesus. Jesus revealed is God's plan for our world. I'm going to say that again. Jesus revealed is God's plan for our world. A herald brings a message heralding is declaring something that is about to happen. And then we see this continue in, in John's ministry. The second message of John the Baptist, uh, it's the same message, different audience. In John chapter 1, verse 29, we see this. The next day, he saw Jesus coming towards him, and he said this, Behold, can you say behold? Behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. Friends, any time we shine light on Jesus, we are giving him glory. Anytime that we are directing others towards Jesus, we are giving him glory. This word behold is look, Jesus, the one who takes away the sins of the world. John the Baptist heralding the kingdom of God through the person of Jesus. 
Anytime we give Jesus positive attention, praise, but especially, listen, friends, acknowledge his reign as king, we are giving him glory. Glory to the newborn king. But this, just, this isn't just in word. Because hark the herald, angels sing, Glory to the newborn king. I mean, this song is sung annually by the secular world and the church alike. There, there are people singing glory to the newborn king in, in every shopping center that you go to, you know, right now. I mean, you turn on, what it was a K-Wave or anything. You turn on anything right now. You're probably going to hear Hark the Herald Angels Sing played by some symphony or choir or something, you know. And, 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 and yes, there, are, there is word, the, 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 the acknowledgement through word that Jesus Christ is king. But it's not just in word, friends. It's also in heart. When we are singing glory to the newborn king, there, there has to be something in the heart that is acknowledging Jesus' rule and reign. When Jesus steps onto the scene during John the Baptist's ministry, right? We see in John chapter 3, verse 30, this. John says this of Jesus. He must increase but I must decrease. And, and, and if I can give you a, a, a physical like representation of that, when, when kings stepped into a room uh, in, in royal times, and maybe you've seen this in some movies or whatever, you see people bow themselves. People bow before the king in humility. And this is what John the Baptist was saying. He must increase and I must decrease. This was John's revelation of the kingdom. It can be translated as this. I must diminish, but Jesus must be elevated. Glory to the newborn king. In God's kingdom, a herald doesn't just carry a message. They also carry the heart of that message to accomplish its purpose. I'm going to say that again. In God's kingdom... A herald doesn't just carry a message. I mean, you, you guys might, might see this culturally kind of in, in, um, in Britain uh, uh, or the UK. And so, I mean, we've seen this transition of power uh, between Queen Elizabeth passing and, and King Charles now, right? And so I, I've been to London a couple of times and, you know, there's these, these, these kind of traditional kind of unheartfelt acknowledgement of, of the reign of the queen when Elizabeth was alive. It was God save the queen, right? And so there was just like, just this acknowledgement. Yes, there is a queen, but I wonder if, if, if those citizens were carrying the heart for the queen. And now even that Charles is king. I wonder if, they, I mean, there seems to be less affinity for Charles than there was for Elizabeth, but when people are saying, God save the king now, whatever, whatever that means. Uh, it did, I mean, we're American, we probably don't understand that as much as they do. And we're not trying to bash on the culture. I'm just trying to make a, a connection here. 
I mean, is there a heartfelt thing like, yes, I pray that God does save Charles. I pray that God is with Charles and I pray, I pray that, that in, 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 in his, raise is king, his reign is king. And I know they have a parliament and all that stuff now, but that God is with him. Is it hard? To, are they carrying the heart of that message or is it just a, 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 th- a cultural thing? In God's kingdom, a herald doesn't just carry the message. They also carry the heart of that message to accomplish its purpose. When those angels broke in on earth to declare that King Jesus was born, there was intent behind that heralding. When it was given to the shepherds, there was intent of who and why. It was a picture of who the king would be, the great shepherd. And those shepherds took that message and those who heard it fell, found themselves in awe and wonder of those things and then silence. And I believe part of that silence is because people just becoming comfortable with carrying a message, but not the heart behind the message. Because when you carry the heart behind the message, you can't get rid of that message. You can't not proclaim that message. You can't not live that message. In Matthew chapter 4, verse 17, we see Jesus himself become the herald for his kingdom. And it says this, from that time, Jesus began to preach, saying this, friends, repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Same message that John the Baptist was preaching. Turn from your ways and turn towards the king. But as Jesus is preaching this thing, it's not turn towards a king, it's turn to me. Turn to me. Because the kingdom of heaven is here. The rule and reign of King Jesus, me, is here. Repent. Then we see in Acts chapter 2, Peter became the first herald after Jesus. You guys will know this passage as we, 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 we love Acts chapter 2 in the life of this church. But it says this, and Peter said to them, repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, in the name of Jesus, the anointed one, he who has been prophesied for ages to come. Repent and be baptized in his name for the forgiveness of your sins, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit For the promise, listen, friends, is for you and for your children and for all who are far off. Just as the angels had come and said this, this declaration, this, this heralding, this message of of Jesus coming to the earth is for you and for all people. This promise is for you and for your children and for all who are far off. Everyone whom the Lord, our God, calls to himself. And with many other words, he bore witness. Can you say witness? Witness and continue to exhort them, saying, save yourself from this crooked generation. And in verse 21, those who received this word, those who received this declaration, who were responding to the herald of the Lord, were baptized, and they were added that day about three Thousand, listen, friends, souls, souls coming from life 
and becoming from death to life. Their citizenship changed that day. They were now added to the kingdom of heaven that day because they had responded to the herald's message. Isn't that powerful? 1 Peter verse 2, 9 says this, but you are a chosen race. Can you say chosen? A royal priesthood. Can you say royal? Look at somebody next to you and tell them you're royal. You are royal. Some of you guys are looking at each other like, <laughs> you're a royal priesthood. This is Peter prophesying over the church. This is Peter calling out who they have been called to be. And maybe they weren't even acting like it, but he was prophesying over them, knowing what Jesus had accomplished on their behalf. Maybe you don't feel chosen today. Maybe you don't feel royal today. But I want to tell you, you are chosen and you are royal. You are a holy nation. A people of his own possession. That you, listen, this is why, that you may proclaim the excellencies of him who called you out of the darkness into the marvelous light. This is why you're chosen. This is why you're royal. This is why you are a holy nation. This is why you're his very own possession so that you can proclaim his excellencies. So that you can be a herald for King Jesus. So that you can break in with the message of the good news of heaven to all mankind about this king that we serve. To be royal is to be a member of the royal family. How many of you feel like you come from a royal family? You do. And you know why you come from a royal family? If you've said yes to Jesus, if you've accepted Christ into your heart, your citizenship has changed. Yes, I'm a Romero, and yes, I, I, I have all that connection to my earthly family, but I am the son of the Most High God. And I have given my allegiance to a king, and that king's name is Jesus. A member of a royal family, a holy nation. And listen, a holy nation is a sovereign people. You are a sovereign people. We are a sovereign people. And what makes us sovereign, friends, is this. We are under the lordship of a holy God. This was what makes us a, a holy nation. This thing that we have surrendered to his lordship. And then we see this word possession. His very own possession. Now, the definition of possession we might not like as Americans, it's, 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 it's the state of having, owning, or controlling. And I know as, as free citizens, we, we don't like that kind of language. But as citizens of heaven, this is the safest language that we can ever use. That we are our king's very own possession. We belong to him. And in the Greek, the definition means so much. It, it means so much more. Listen, it's owning through acquisition. It's owning through acquisition. Jesus purchased us by his blood. This is the ownership that he has. 
This is why we are his very own possession. Because we've been purchased. Have you been purchased? This was the declaration of heaven, friends. The declaration of heaven when Jesus was born into the earth. Glory to the newborn king. The reign of King Jesus is now here. All of humanity has been invited not not only to join the angels chorus, but to enjoy, to join in on the heralding of shepherds, of prophets, of Jesus, and of Jesus' followers. This, this, this good news that has been given to us as mankind, we have been invited to be the heralds of the same message. That his kingdom has now come. And that his will can be on earth as it is in heaven. His kingdom was not an earthly kingdom with boundaries and borders. His throne cannot be found on this planet because it's found in the hearts of humanity. This is what we are contending for. This is what Jesus died for. This is what we herald. This is our declaration. And I really believe that the enemy has used fear for far too long to silence the heralds, to use the fear or even the perception of persecution to silence the heralds. If you think about this, Herod, Herod Antipatus, who was, who was this, um, the king over the region in which Jesus was ministering, uh, it was, so the, uh, the Jews were in this region that was kind of led by Herod, but Herod was in submission to Caesar. And so you can think they were doubly oppressed, but it was, it was Herod during his reign that Jesus ministered. But it was, it was through, through his life that we see so many of the heralds trying to be silenced. John the Baptist, who I spoke about being this herald for Jesus, was eventually imprisoned by Herod. And listen to this in, John, in Luke chapter 7, verse 18 through 22, it says this. The disciples of John reported all these things to him. They were reporting the life and the ministry back to John, who was imprisoned by, by Herod. And John, calling two of his disciples to him, sent them to the Lord, saying, listen to this. John, who's now been imprisoned. John, who, who, is, now, who is now experiencing something that can feel contrary to, to the declarations that he made about Jesus. Behold the Lamb of God who has come to set the captives free now finds himself in prison, now finds himself experiencing doubt. And he sent his disciples to Jesus to ask this, are you the one who is to come or shall we look for another? And what happened to the herald who proclaimed the good news of Jesus? What, what happened to the man who, who, who walked 
and revelation of, of who Jesus was, who, who, who would call those who spoke against the kingdom brood of vipers and, and who, who declared, the, 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 who paved the way for King Jesus to step onto the scene. What happened to the herald? Now was doubting and sending messengers to Jesus to ask, are you the one who was supposed to come or should we look for another? Is there another king? And the, when the men had come to him, they said, John the Baptist has sent us to you saying, are you the one who is to come or shall we look for another? <laughs> Listen to what Jesus says. In that hour, he healed many people of diseases and plagues and evil spirits. And on many who were blind, he bestowed sight. And he answered them, being John's, John's followers. And he said this, go and tell John what you have seen and heard. Go and tell John what you have seen and heard. Listen to this, friends. The blind receive their sight. The lame walk. Leopards are cleansed and the deaf hear. The dead are raised up. The poor have good news preached to them. This was a sign of his lordship. Don't just go tell John, yes, I'm the one. You go tell him what you've seen. You go tell him what you've witnessed. You go be the herald that he once was. You go carry the revelation that I had given to him. You go remind him of the things that he has spoken about me. But Herod, Herod wouldn't just stop with John the Baptist. Herod would eventually behead John the Baptist, take his life. Herod would eventually murder James, the son of Zebedee, brother of John the Beloved, one of the sons of thunder. Herod was the one who tried to kill all the infant boys who were born in, in, in Jesus' generation so that the one Messiah couldn't live. So that this, this, this prophecy of the anointed one who would come would never rise to lordship. This is the enemy's tactics to silence the heralds, to bring persecution. And friends, I don't, I don't think that the, the church in America or we know anything about this kind of persecution. And I, I don't think we know anything about being in prison for the sake of the gospel or dying for the sake of the gospel. But there are saints on this planet who do experience this type of persecution. But I believe, it, in, 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 especially in our nation, that it's just the fear of persecution that cripples the heralds, that silence says the heralds. And I've said this before, maybe you've heard me say it, I'll say it again, that we don't need to be worried about a muzzled church. We need to be worried about a silenced church. No one has the power to muzzle Jesus' church. But Jesus' church does have the power to be silent. We are the heralds of the kingdom of God. We carry the same message that those angels, angels carried, that Jesus Christ, the son of God, came to the earth. This was good news, but we got, we got to see, and, and even more has been revealed to us through his life, death, resurrection, and ascension. This that has been passed on through his disciples and saints from generation to generation. This is the message that we carry. 
Are we those heralds? Hark, the herald angels sing glory to the newborn king. Shining light on the rule and reign of King Jesus. This is what the people of God do. We shine light on Jesus. How can we ever tell the world about Jesus' second coming if we haven't even told them about his first? How can we ever tell people to repent? For the kingdom of God is at hand if they don't see the rule and reign of Jesus' lordship in our lives. There's three things I want to leave with you as we close. I really believe that the glory of God is revealed through observation. Right? Often in Jesus' ministry, it's come and see. Come and see. The angels told the shepherds, hey, this is what you're going to go see if you will just go to Bethlehem. It's observation. Observation is a beautiful thing. And we have to continuously bring people to come and see. Come and see. It's something that you should say about church. Come and see. Well, what happens at your church? Come and see. It's nothing that we're doing. Honestly, I hope it's not come and see the worship team. And I pray it's not, oh, come and, come and listen to one of the pastors that preaches. You know, they, they're good talkers or whatever. I hope it's none of that. I hope it's come and see Jesus. Not just a sign. Come and see. Observation is a powerful thing in the kingdom. Come and see. Jesus would reveal things. Come and see. And when he sent those disciples back to John the Baptist to encourage him in prison, he said, remind him of the things that you have seen. Observation is powerful. But observation has to lead to revelation. Revelation is this deep, not just a deep understanding, it's a deep caring of acknowledgement of what we have seen. So when you see King Jesus wrapped in cloth, lying in a manger, it's not just, oh, how cute, look at baby Jesus. There's an acknowledgement of his rule and his reign. And you can't help. You feel the, the, the weight of heaven on your shoulders. And you can't help but bow a knee to the king. This is revelation. This is revelation. When John had his revelation, we read the book of John as he had that revelation of the end times, the things that will come. It says John fell over as if he was dead. The weight of revelation is powerful. And I'm telling you, friends, observation has to lead to revelation. It's like, oh, yeah, I've seen, I've seen baby Jesus. Oh, it was, it was beautiful. You guys should have seen it. I wish you would have seen it. Revelation is so much more. It's now we are carriers of what has been revealed. When Jesus has revealed himself to you, you will not be the same. You can't be the same. It's like Moses when he went up, uh, up to Mount Sinai to have his face-to-face his -face encounter with Jesus. And the Bible says that when Moses left the mountain, when he was face-to-face -face with God, he came down, his whole body was illuminated. They had to actually put a veil over his face because they could not stop his body from glowing. But like Moses, sometimes that illumination begins to fade. 
for those who carry revelation, our, our illumination can never fade. Christ revealed transforms you. And that's my next point. Revelation leads to transformation. When you have had an encounter with Jesus, you change. You change. Your life changes. You cannot stay the same. And I, and I, I want to say this, and I don't mean to be harsh about this in any way, but if you have had a revelation of Jesus and you have never changed, I want to say that maybe you've never had a revelation of Jesus. Maybe you've had, never had a true encounter with Jesus. Because when you have a true encounter with Jesus, transformation comes. And then from transformation, this is my third and last point, leads to multiplication. <laughs> multiplication. You see what the heralds, the angels were doing, giving to the shepherds, is something they've been doing since the beginning of time. Giving glory to King Jesus is what they were created to do. This is what, this is what they're doing now. This is what they're going to be leading us in heaven as, as, as these angels lead us in worship. When we uh, get to the other side of eternity, leading us into these eternal praises of King Jesus. Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty, the one who is and is to come. 24 7 hours of worship multiplication they gave it to the shepherds the shepherd gave it to the others and the others sat on it but then there was this rebirth john the baptist even in his doubting eventually would give his life for his king the disciples who were given this message this great commission in Matthew chapter 28 and in Mark chapter 16, this great commission, go into all the world, preach the gospel. Acts 1.8, go into Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and the outermost parts. You will be my witnesses. These heralds for King Jesus. And then what happens? Multiplication. But you don't have multiplication without transformation. These men were changed. They were changed. And people could see it. Man, when, when Peter and John began to preach and say, weren't these, weren't these the guys who, who used to walk with Jesus? These were unlearned, ordinary men. How are these things happening? These people were changed. Glory to the newborn king. This was the herald of the angels. I really believe that God is calling his people back to a place of heralding. Hark, the herald angels sing, glory to the newborn king. This is the church today. This is who the church is called to be, the heralds of King Jesus. Will you herald for Jesus, not only in this season, not only to shine light on the fact that Jesus came, but to shine light on the fact that the rule and reign of King Jesus is now. Is now. Would you mind closing your eyes with me?
Lord, I believe that all creation has been created to give you glory. All creation has been created to give you glory. But who more fitting to give you glory than that creation that has been created in your image? Humanity. And if Jesus, your son, came to this earth to give you glory, how much more should we, your adopted children, give you glory in the same way? Not just in words and in deed, but in heart, in heart, through a life of surrender. God, I am so thankful for this season that highlights your coming to this earth, that highlights Jesus coming to this earth, Emmanuel, God revealed in the flesh. And I know it could be so convoluted with the presence and everything else that goes along with it. But Lord, I pray that your church will use this season as a catalyst for the seasons to come. That we will be your heralds. If the angels, if the angels in heaven who were not created in your image, and who were not given a choice, if they can sing your praises, how much more should we, who you have revealed yourself to through your son, be able to be your heralds? Lord, I pray for those of us who have lost our message, that we will pick that message back up. Lord, I pray for those of us who maybe have experienced observation and maybe even some revelation. Lord, I pray that transformation will come because we do believe you're coming back and multiplication, multiplication is on your heart. <laughs> more sons and daughters added to this kingdom. May we never be silent. May no, no Herodias spirit silent your church, God. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Amen. Hey, can we give Jesus praise this morning? Awesome. Go and be heralds for King Jesus. Um, hey, uh, youth families, don't forget we are meeting. We'll, we'll, we'll meet upstairs for uh, both meetings for the, the winter camp meeting uh, for our luncheon and for uh, all the things that we'll be doing after this afternoon. Um, if you want to sign up for our candlelight service to bring some some treats or some tamales, please uh, make sure you sign up for that. Also, ladies, don't forget Tuesday you have the um, your last gathering of the year and your ornament exchange. Love you guys. Have a great week. Uh, candlelight service next week. See you all at 6 p.m. It's going to be awesome. See you soon.